2: Because this is the Huddle Up Podcast, presented as always by Mile High Huddle, powered by Blue Wire Podcast, and I'm your host, Chad Jensen, with me, my fellow football priest, you know him, you love him, Zach Kelberman. Zach, we got a cat by the name of Irvin Johnson looking to put the magic back in Mile High. That's right, Magic Johnson, reportedly one of, amongst one of the five, I guess they don't want us using the the term finalists. But the second stage bidding groups for Broncos ownership turns out the Josh Harris group, Magic Johnson. Yes, he of Laker fame. He of the NBA Hall of Fame, all that stuff. He is uh, ponying up some money to be a minority stakeholder in that bid if they end up winning. Your gut reaction, what does it mean? Should Bronco fans care? Magic Johnson. I mean, the showtime or the HBO show. Going right now, I watched a little bit of it the other day, so it's kind of weird that all of a sudden Magic Johnson is tied to Denver Broncos, but your thoughts?
1: Chad one, Zach zero. I love the pun, bring the match back to mile high. I don't know. You know you know my stance on this, as does uh, Broncos country or listeners. I, I really, ownership is the topic I least care about, even though I probably should care about it a little more. Whether it's Rob Walton, uh, whether it's Magic Johnson, I don't feel like it's going to have that big of an impact on the on-field product Though I will say, if Magic Johnson does end up owning the Broncos, would this be as a minority owner or majority owner? I feel like minority because he's a part of the bidding group.
2: Yeah, he would be, uh, from from what I've read up on this, and it was an article uh, from Sportico. Well, I'll just read this. The former NBA star has joined the bid group being led by Philadelphia 76ers co-owner Josh Harris, according to the person who was granted anonymity. That's a tough one. Because the details are private, adding a high-profile African-American investor, one of Johnson's stature no less, could help make the group more attractive as bidding intensifies in the coming weeks and months, Close quote. Now, Zach, in a fiduciary sense where the Broncos are obligated to sell this team to the highest bidder, I don't know how much being attractive really matters in this thing, but we do know that the NFL would prefer to have um, my minority stake anyway uh, in the next ownership of the Broncos, and if that's Magic Johnson, it's Magic Johnson. The dude, uh, tends to kind of have a golden touch. I mean, five championships as a player, five as an executive. I mean, what might not be the worst thing?
1: Yeah. The reason I ask is because if he was a minority owner in the franchise, if he goes in with Josh Harris, he wouldn't have presumably that much, uh, input, you know, shot calling ability to use an NBA pun. Um, but if he would be the majority owner, I just worry because he's like a meme nowadays. He was a great player and for a while a great executive with the Lakers, but he's fallen off where he's like, uh, who is the uh, Booger, Booger McFarland on ESPN who's always calling the obvious things? He does the same things on Twitter. It just would bring a little more of a a comical... Um, um, afterglow to the Broncos franchise and I feel like I want someone a little more committed I feel like he would maybe do more publicity stunts or the Broncos would be in the public eye for the wrong reasons at times if he were to be involved so all things being equal what I'm looking for is an owner with deep pockets who is not going to meddle too much and he's pretty clean um, resume wise so Walton is my choice but we'll see
2: we shall see lots more to get to guys including on this topic a couple of quick early super chats that got in. Want to tip our cap to Tanner jumping in early before we even went live, saying just showing some love. Hashtag Broncos for Life, hashtag State of Being, hashtag Let's Ride. Really appreciate that, Tanner. It has been a joy having you back in the chat, my dog. You to man. Thank you, Tanner. Sam Bam also jumping in early. Hi, right back at you. Really do appreciate that, Sam Bam. Seriously, you to man. And then we also got Casey Nickel throwing down. Casey, who came on the Huddle Up podcast a few weeks back and just totally took over and uh, wooed the entire community. I mean, Casey's got his, he's He's his own little folk hero now because of his appearance on the Huddle Up podcast. But my dog, it's so great to see you. Hope you're doing well. Thank you for the super. He says, my brother's from another mother. Can the regular season start already? We feel you, my friend.
1: Soon enough. And uh, we definitely appreciate you being along uh, for the ride with us, Casey, and definitely appreciate your contributions. Well, Zach, the chat is hot and heavy.
2: Guys, we see you. Michaela, we see you. Trust. In fact, I'll grab this, and then we're going to grab our guest. We got a special guest for tonight, Michaela, jumping in real quick. Love you. Appreciate you. She says, from far and near land, no matter what sea separates us, we are Broncos country. We are far and wide. We are family. Just a very sweet message being conveyed here by the Duchess in the flesh, Michaela. Thank you so much. You know, we love you.
1: It reminds me of like the Fox tagline. We are Fox sports and it just gets me pumped up. And that's what the, I think the message you're sending Michaela, it certainly got me inspired and we definitely appreciate it. Thank you.
2: Most definitely. Now guys, for those of you who have been mile high huddle uh, subscribers on YouTube or readers of our website, MileHighHuddle.com, for years and years, you're no stranger to the name Thomas Hall in fact ogs on our youtube channel can remember his series convincing numbers what he does for us at mile high huddle is he kind of dabbles in one foot not dabbles but on on one foot he's got fully in analytics and uh number crunching and precedents like that cool things that just kind of add additional levels to analyzing the denver broncos in the game of football and then the other is broncos history he is our go-to guy for any and all things Denver Broncos when it comes to who should be in the Hall of Fame, uh, remembering all the different historical legends of Mile High. And in that spirit, Mile High Huddle is launching a brand new podcast. You've heard us hinting about it. You've seen some of the social media posts. And without further ado, we're going to introduce you in the flesh to Thomas Hall. Follow him on Twitter at Thomas Hall NFL. His brand new podcast on Mile High Huddle, as you can see behind him with this dope, logo legends of mile high podcast debuts tomorrow morning thomas we'll get into some of the details real quick we wanted to make sure everybody's apprised of what's happening we're stoked to to have a new podcast and it's going to have a little bit different flavor but welcome to the show bro how are you and are you excited for this new
1: podcast
0: oh yeah very excited very excited um thank you for having me on i'm doing pretty good uh looking forward to tomorrow morning i i've uh, been Kind of waiting for a few weeks to get this thing off the ground, and it's going to be fun, and I really think it's going to be informative to everybody, even people that have been uh, Broncos fans for a long time. You can always uh, learn something, and that's that's what the, uh, the podcast is about.
2: The legends of Mile High. And, guys, we got to keep these legends alive, and that's part of what the purpose of this podcast is, is because, Tom, there are guys out there, former Denver Broncos Utterly deserving of additional recognition, Hall of Fame, uh, ring of fame in some cases, but Hall of Fame, guys like Carl Mecklenburg, guys like Randy Gratishar, guys like Rod Smith. I know a lot of people say you should just stop talking about Rod Smith. He's never getting into the Hall of Fame, but I'm telling you, we it's our job to keep those legends alive, Tom, in order to do what we can to lift them back into the conversation nationally in our whatever way we can contribute to that. Absolutely. Try and usher them where they, where they belong.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Speaking of Rod Smith, you know, the, the problem with with that is, is as time goes on and people are passing more and, you know, these old receiver stats just keep going away and he keeps falling down farther the list, but you know, we need to, we need to uh, promote them. Like you said, and if you, if people don't think that promotion doesn't work for the hall of fame, I would point to clay Matthews jr. Uh, his daughter did a great campaign to try and get him in. And from what I know, he almost, he almost made it. He was a finalist and he got some votes. So he went from, you know, pretty much not going to get in to almost getting in. So it's uh, it's important to keep it alive, but also just the minds of the, you know, recent fans and people need to know this stuff. We need to keep the history alive because it's a storied history for the uh, Broncos.
1: That it is Zach. Do you have a, a thought? I want to just congratulate Tom on the podcast. Looking forward to checking it out. Uh, I, I'm dying to know though, Tom. We we don't get you on here often. We ask our super chat superstars when they come on to name their Mount Rushmore of Broncos oh, sure. players. Sure. What would be yours?
0: I'm curious. Broncos players or Broncos, because there's two different ones for that's me. true. You got the yeah.
2: coaches, the owners, GMs.
0: So I'll give you my four, I'll give you my Mount Rushmore of Broncos. John Elway, number one. If you if he's not number one on your list, I, I don't know what to say. <laughs> Pat Boland number two. Uh, without sure. Pat the Broncos were probably going to go bankrupt, and he's one of the most successful owners in all of sports. Uh, number three would be Terrell Davis. Um, only be not because he's the greatest running back of all time. I mean, he's the greatest playoff running back of all time. But without him, that first Super Bowl would not have happened. They would not no. have won that first Super Bowl. He and maybe even the second, you know, two thousand yard club. And then number four is where it starts to get a little tricky because you can add several different people, I think, on there. And I think if Von Miller had stuck around with the Broncos for his entire career, he'd probably number four. But I, I go with Champ Bailey only because uh, when the argument happens about who the best cornerback in the history of the NFL is, his name is is right there. And he you know he was the he was the link between the old guard when Rod Smith and Tom Nalen and all those people started to retire, or wind down to, he was the only face of the franchise for several years until, you know, until Peyton Manning came along. So he's my fourth guy.
1: It's an important distinction, Broncos players and Broncos overall. I mean, it's so hard to narrow the list down to four. I think Chad, that's the first time we heard Pat Bowling on the Mount Rushmore. So very deserving uh, honor for him
2: in, in defensive people who don't list him. Uh, it's because I think they just interpret that as us asking about players in, in their defense. But yes, I think you gotta include Pat Bowen. If you're really just talking four most influential, gotta have a Mount Rushmore. Pat Bowen's gotta be up there. Pat Bowen's gotta be up there. So real quick, Tom, last thing here. And then uh, we'll uh, wish you a good night so you can get your, your beauty sleep and be <laughs> bright eyed and bushy tailed in the morning for the debut show. But uh Here's how it works, guys. As you can see on the screen, Legends of Mile High podcast, it's going to roll every single Friday morning, 7.30 a.m. Mountain Time, 8.30 Central, 9.30 Eastern Time. So work it into your rotation. Hopefully, I know a lot of you have notifications set up on YouTube and Facebook, but if you don't, take care of that ASAP. You'll always be notified when we do go live. But Tom, it's going to be fun. I look forward to being in the room with you. I'm not going to be on the screen per se with you, but can't wait. We've had this brewing now for months, and uh, we just wanted to wait till the perfect time to roll it out. Dude, how long have you been with us now at Mile High Huddle? Like, hasn't it been about uh, back four in years?
0: or seven sports. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a while, four years. I just do want to make one correction. It's actually yeah. 7, 7 a.m. is when it. Uh, oh, yeah, my bad. My bad. That's Let, me right, a problem. A. Let me fix it. 7 a.m. Let me fix it. Yeah.
2: Not I got it confused with the, with the Broncos for breakfast.
0: Yeah. So I started, yeah, I started at when we were at 24 seven sports, which geez. So I think it was, yeah, it's probably been three or four years now. That, that was a while back. Oh yeah. You're, you're going to yeah. trigger Zach now. It's the same thing I say <laughs> when I think about 24 seven. Oh geez. <laughs>
2: okay.
1: So yeah. Correction.
2: 7. A.M. Fridays. My bad. Uh, 8. A.M. Central 9. A.M. Eastern time. So We look forward to hopefully seeing as many of you in the room as possible. And look, hey, it's a morning show. A lot of you will be making your commutes to work, especially if you're in mountain time. Some of you in the central and eastern time zones and beyond will already be at work and whatnot. Hey, pop that earbud in. Work us into the rotation because you're not going to want to miss this new content we're dropping, uh, hosted by Thomas Hall, Legends of Mile High podcast. So, Tom, can't wait, dude. Thanks for making time for us tonight, and we'll see you on the bright.
0: All right. Thank you very much. Best all
2: right. of luck, Tom. Thank you. We'll see him tomorrow, dude. Thomas Hall. Guys, the amount of information bouncing around in that dude's noggin on a on legend, on legend exactly that, Legends of Mile High, players, history of the Broncos. Um, I mean, the dude could probably write a book, and then you get all the analytical stuff that he brings to the table. He's he's a real asset to us here at, at MHH. But, yeah, guys, on the bright, Legends of Mile High. We want to give him a good showing. We want to welcome him to the podcast side of the family. He's been writing uh, at MHH, Zach, for, as we just mentioned, for years now. But let's welcome him in right to uh, the podcast side of things.
1: Yeah, Thomas is the Broncopedia, man. Like, he knows everything about everything about the Broncos' history. You know, just his his answer alone on the Mount Rushmore just captivated me because it's such a uh, interesting way to look at the dichotomy of the franchise going back years now and how influential non-players were. Pat Bowen changed not just the trajectory of the Broncos, but of football as a whole. So I think he's a worthy candidate to be on there.
2: So true. So true. And it's on one hand, it's so great that he was finally recognized for his impact on the NFL um, by being enshrined in the league. Took long enough. But then it becomes also a damn shame that it had to be posthumously that he had to have been. Anyway, we could, we could continue uh, beating that to death, but nevertheless, Travis Weber in the house, big T what's going on. He says, please, can someone remind when the bids will be done and the NFL votes on ownership of the Broncos? It's funny you say that, Travis, because it's our job to give you guys the the lowdown and bring all the information to you on the daily. But as you know, it's our probably, Zach, least favorite topic to break down just because...
1: Not probably.
2: I mean, Wait. how many teams have a Hall of Fame owner? Broncos have been lucky. Fans have we've been lucky to have Pat Bowen but still, I mean, in most cases, they're background figures, and you just hope it's not someone that tries, as you said, Zach, when we were before we went live, meddling too much.
1: Yeah. I mean, as a minority owner, he has a small piece of the pie. I think he would just tack his name on to give Josh Harris more credibility in order to buy the Broncos and maybe beat out. Walton, but if Walton wants him, Walton's going to get him. He's worth $70 billion versus, what, uh, $10 billion combined between Magic and uh, Josh Harris. So, again, I, I don't really care too much. I just don't want – the Broncos chatter on such an upward trajectory. They, they really are in a different echelon of tier than they were last year, and a lot of that is because of the coaching and general manager George Payton and Russell Wilson. I don't want anyone to come into the building to disturb that process. And if someone no, like Magic Johnson, who is again become more of a meme on social media, I, I don't don't want that associated with the Broncos. Maybe it's it's weird. I don't know.
2: I feel you, um, Mark the God King from Georgia, aka Mark Langley, aka the Man with the Plan, in the house with a very generous super chat, bro. Thank you, Mark. I love well. you, dude. Yep, you the man. Thank you for that, my dog, helping to keep the lights on here at MHH alongside all of our great super chat superstars and supporters and mark's up there i mean if we're talking mhh mount rushmore his visage is one of those that a team of you know crack contractors got up there and etched into the freaking granite mark from georgia aka the god king mark langley love you bro
1: y'all see how bright the room is in back of me it's because mark's keeping the lights on and they're keeping the lights on pretty damn bright that's all because of mark and our wonderful community thank you so much mark Uh, god king for a reason
2: Give our best to the fam, my friend. Hope things are good for you. Um, Also, hey, speaking of Georgia, since we're right there, dude, what's up, Dave? Good to see you, my friend. Hope you're doing well. One of our great superstars as well. Also, Michael Ronquillo. Shout out to you, my friend. Been throwing down like a boss uh, this month, especially. Sam Bam, what's going on, bro? Uh, Number two for the night. Thank you, buddy. When a football team scores more points than their opponent in a 60-minute time span, 100% of the time that team wins the game, a quote by Booger McFarlane. Almost a, almost a Maddenism, right? Almost as good as a, as a John Madden, but just lacking that one extra little something.
1: I mean, and, and that's how Magic Johnson has become, at least from what I've seen on his analysis on Twitter. I'm not a huge basketball guy, but again, he's been clowned on Twitter for being too obvious or, kind of being out of his depth on social media. I just don't want that associated with Denver. I don't know.
2: Look, as someone who uh, grew up despising the Lakers, I never – I always had mad respect for Magic Johnson, the player. Don't get me wrong. like He's one of the greatest of all time. Um, but I hated the Lakers growing up, dude. You know, I really did. But you just got to – uh I don't know if you could quite call him a, a the man with the golden touch. I kind of said that earlier. I guess not everything he's touched has turned to gold, but if he does end up becoming a figure for the Denver Broncos, hey, I think he could be a good ambassador for the team and a good guy that, uh, from a juice perspective, Zach, that can kind of understand f- from a competitive perspective and what it takes to win. He understands how that sausage gets made, so – You know, combined with whatever other members of that consortium, including Josh Harris, hopefully that would give the Broncos all the resources they need to continue to uh, throw down in the NFL.
1: I just wonder how much of an ambassador, a Hall of Fame NBA player can be for an NFL franchise. How often does that happen where it's a cross-sport marriage, especially in ownership? That's a huge risk money-wise and career-wise. I would support it if only because he would have a smaller stake, but pairing him with someone like Josh Harris, who's like collecting uh, sports franchises around the NFL. You have to wonder their motive in all this. That's all I'm saying.
2: Howie freaking day. What's up, bro? Good to see you. Thank you for the stars. My dog Uh, GLP also in the house. Gary Leeds Palmer. Appreciate you, my friend. Great to see you. It really is. Uh, Gary blah, blah up in Canada throwing down. No relation to Bob, blah, blah. That's always hard. Guys, you've seen Arrested Development. Tell me you've seen it. Scott Bayo's character. Is it Scott Bayo? Yeah. Charles in charge, right? He plays Bob Blah Blah, the attorney, and it's spelled B-O-B-L-O-B-L-A. blah, L-O-B-L-A. So try and say it. Bob blah Blah. <laughs> Gary Blah blah. Anyway, today says Gary, I was thinking about how hype I was when we drafted Justin Sternad, the linebacker, three years ago. If he's staying away from injuries, should we give him a chance on third down? Let me tell you something, Zach. Well, actually, I've been talking a lot. Your thoughts, and then I'll piggyback.
1: No, that's my answer. No. He had a chance. He uh, He's way out of his depth, I think, in the NFL. I was a Sternod guy, too. I think it was born more so out of desperation and recency bias because the Broncos had no athletes at inside linebacker. Sternod seemed like an athlete, so we all got on the hype train, but that hype train cr- crashed pretty quickly. They have enough inside linebackers for what they want to do. Uh, Baron Browning was that guy, and I hope he'll still play some off-ball where he can cover, especially on third downs. I think Stranod's time has came and went, uh, at least in Denver.
2: Look, we had high hopes. The injury derailed some momentum as a rookie, but you expected to see some kind of a leap in his second year, which was really his first year because he didn't – I mean, he got injured, Zach, as a rookie the first week of training camp, literally. So you cut him a little slack there, but when he finally gets his opportunity, he just simply was not equal to it. Phil, what's going on, bro? Yes, indeed, let's ride. Appreciate the stars, my dog. Um, liability in the run fits just wasn't recognizing um, well enough. And then in the passing game, that's where we were hoping, Zach, he could provide that additional little you know, boost that the Broncos didn't have heretofore in the linebacker core coverage, et cetera just wasn't there. He ended up becoming a sore thumb liability to a point <clears throat> where the Broncos were literally beggars, but they still had to be choosers in the respect of linebacker and pull Sternod off the field and go grab a Kenny Young and bring a rookie who has hardly any reps and was injured during the summer in Barron Browning to the fore because Justin Sternod just couldn't be trusted. Hopefully he learned something from that. You know, second chances are a thing. He's still on the roster, Zach, but I'm just not counting on him becoming a thing for this team.
1: It's funny. We're all getting, or we did last year, about Kenny Young for the same reasons as Sternod because he's that athletic linebacker. He seems to be dynamic, um, and at least Kenny Young proved that, though, but the Broncos didn't want Kenny Young back, and I think Sternod is buried on that depth chart. They showed what they thought of him with the moves that you mentioned and also re-signing Josie Jewell, bringing in Alex Singleton. I mean, that's the writing's on the wall, first or not.
2: Hey, Ben, appreciate that, my friend. And I'm seeing also, Scott, in the chat here, people uh, reminiscing about some former players like Bobby Humphrey. I saw Sammy Winder. I see Tom Jackson. Look, guys, that's Dennis Smith, Jason Elam. This is the, I mean, we're going to talk about those things when they come up in an organic way on the nightly podcast. But Tom's show is specifically oriented towards the legends of mile high. So he's always going to have some kind of a contemporary storyline that might need to be talked about. I mean, we got the draft that still needs to be analyzed. We got, you know, Russ in town now and so much current events happening that it's you can't avoid it. If you're going to podcast to a large swath of Broncos country, you got to be able to talk about those things. And Tom will, but his main brief, his main focus is going to be the legends of mile high. So if you like talking about and reminiscing about the, good old days, the Dennis Smith days, you know, the Sammy Winder days, the Mecklenburg days. You want to talk about Gaston Green's thousand yard season back in the nineties. Tom's your guy. Uh, Lane is good to see you. Thank you so much for the, for the support as always, my friend.
1: And there's so many Broncos legends. That's why it's so hard to pare down Mount Rushmore to four figures. So it's going to be a fun show from that standpoint. All the names people are rattling off here. Tom's going to go over and it's going to be a good listen, I think.
2: Yes, and just a little bit different flavor than what uh, you're used to with with Mile High Huddle's podcast programming. Cause you got Zach and I that are dropping, you know, basically four times a week in the evenings. We're giving you the the current events, hot takes at hold water. You know what we do here as your football priest. Some of the other shows take on a little bit more of like an analytical bent, like even Broncos for Breakfast, which does a great job three times a week in the mornings. They pioneered. We weren't sure if, if a morning podcast would, would work, if it would be a thing. They made that a thing, no doubt about it, and we realized we can add to that with additional shows. But you know they're going to break things down even deeper in a lot of cases than Zach and I as far as personnel and traits and getting into draft and prospects and all that stuff. Every show kind of has its own different flavor. This one is going to be especially unique, though, Zach, as it's the focus is the legends, the true legends of Mile High for the fans. This is straight up for you guys.
1: Yeah, not everyone likes chocolate, but we have vanilla, we have strawberry, we have rocky road, we have cookie dough. And uh, I think Tom is the Butter next con.
2: I mean, <laughs> let's go, dude.
1: Uh, not where I would go with that next option, but <laughs> uh, Tom's the next flavor. So yeah, anyone who's interested in the Broncos history and, uh, you know, the legendary days of which there are many, it's going to be a good listen. I feel like, you know, the Broncos,
2: Zach, they've finally started over the last five years, really getting some of their just desserts in terms of Hall of Fame recognition. I mean, so many guys have have been enshrined of late. I mean, starting with Terrell Davis, that was kind of the first getting the foot in the door aspect that kind of allowed the Broncos to kick it open with, I mean, Champ Bailey, of course, Pat Bolin, um, John Lynch, Steve Outwater, so many now. I mean, you could even include Brian Dawkins if you want, even though most of his Hall of Fame resume obviously built on the, on the uh, bones of the, Philadelphia Eagles, but still there are so many deserving guys. And one of the most egregious miscarriages of football justice remains still in the wind, which is the uninshrined. I know it's not a word, but the unenshrined status
0: College can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at a $1,000 savings plan deposit for 6th through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register.
2: Of one of the greatest linebackers to ever walk the earth, Randy Gratishar. So if we can do anything to help keep that legend alive and keep that momentum and the fire lit under that, hey, it's a, it's a small thing we we can do here at MHH and you guys can help us.
1: And Mike Shanahan as well. That's uh, outright yes. grace that he's not in the Hall of Fame. But Chad, you know, just desserts, ice cream. You're killing the pun game tonight, I have to dude, say.
2: I got to say. Listen. I want some love for butter pecan, dude. You're not Look, I know it's kind of an old man flavor, I get it. But I won't eat ice cream unless it's butter pecan. Is that weird?
1: You like tapioca pudding, too?
2: No. Uh, surprised. Although when I had my wisdom teeth pulled out as a young warthog, uh, I was fed by my wife, constant, constant tapioca. It was the only thing I could eat for like two days. That maybe it's the association, you know, you're kind of going through a thing. Mine was a, a little bit more involved in some of the stuff they had to do. So I was kind of down for the count for two days. And that's really all I ate. But I don't know. I, tapioca never did it for me. Do you like Werther's Originals? <laughs> See? Okay, I'm going to get you on <laughs> one of these. Digs. Hey, dude, I was born in the 70s. Let's go. Uh, Andrew Baker. Bro, it was so fun chit-chatting with you last night, my dog. He says, came in late, grilling some steaks. Have a good weekend, y'all. Hashtag MHH for life. we got to get that on a t-shirt. I think we shall. I think we shall. Uh, Gary Blah Blah, again. Love it, dude. Thank you, buddy. As a CFL fan, also, Alex Singleton used to be CFL defensive MVP for the Calgary Stampeders. I'm super down to see him with our Broncos. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, look, north of the 49th parallel, he is a veritable superstar. South of the 49th parallel, Zach Alex Singleton is Alex Singleton <laughs> is Alex Singleton. But I don't mean to. I'm not trying to rain on your parade, Gary. For real, I'm excited and intrigued to see how he can fit in. I just don't think, you know, if you focus it on, hey, he was a CFL defensive MVP and he led the Philadelphia Eagles, was it twice he led him in Mm -hmm. tackles? You know, that's all cool, but keep your expectations in check just because, you know, Alex Singleton.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I don't think the Broncos are going to use inside linebackers all too often in Everett's scheme anyway. And they brought back Jewel to be that glue. If there is one guy on the field at all times, as an off-ball, it'll be Jewel, and uh, Singleton is good against the run, but he's not much of anything beyond that. He's Alex Singleton.
2: Yes, indeed. Um, George <laughs> George Fox, love you, buddy. Thank you. Great show, as always, he says. MHH for life and Denver Broncos for life. Thank you, buddy. Uh, see some props for the Broncos for breakfast dudes in the morning. Yeah, I mean, that. I, I remember when Scott reached out he's like, hey, you know, do a show in the mornings ahead of the 2021 draft team up with Nick, you know, give people some additional draft content. We'll try mornings. What do you think? Yeah, let's try it. And then it turned into twice a week. The only reason it went from once to twice and then from twice to thrice, and now we're going to have four. And then we got another one coming, probably starting next week. It's because of you guys. So exactly. Thank you. Love you. Appreciate you. Um, all right, let's see where we're at here in the chat. We're about 30 minutes in. We got some time here. Um, Michael's here saying, "And Mike, look, one of these days you got to come on the show and say it in your own words, from your own voice, your MH or your Bronco Mount Rushmore." But I'll read it for you here. He says, "John Elway, Terrell Davis, Steve Outwater, and Champ Bailey are my Denver Bronco Mount Rushmore." Let's ride and go Broncos. You know what? I think Tom's logic is hard to refute. Elway, Davis, Bolin, Bailey. But if you were going to refute it, Zach, Champ Bailey never won a title. The other three guys all brought something home. I would probably err there on the side of Von Miller over Champ, <clears throat> even though Champ Bailey was, as far as positional value, a more elite player. Vaughn always was elite in his prime. Let's not get it twisted. But I mean champ Bailey for a stretch. I mean, as he mentioned, he's still viewed basically by if few poll people that know anything about football. Who's the greatest corner of all time. Most people are probably going to say champ Bailey, not just Bronco fans, but most people, I mean, you can, who are some of the other names you throw out there? Maybe his mentor, Daryl green, maybe, um, Revis Dion Dion would probably be number two that most gets thrown out there. And there might be an argument there, but champ. So I, for me, would probably be that number four spot would probably be Von Miller or Peyton Manning. But the problem with Peyton is, hey, look, Champ Bailey wasn't a career-long Bronco. He started his career in Washington and then came to Denver. But Peyton, only four years. But what he achieved in those four years was just – he microwaved his previous 14 years. It was unbelievable. So I don't know, man. I'd almost have to have a gun to my head to really say, here's my, for sure, Mount Rushmore.
1: Steve Atwater is a great shout here. I mean, what a he's definitely on my Mount Rushmore of people. We met him at yep. the combine. What a great, great guy, man. I'll always have respect for Steve Atwater as a person, not as, just as a football player. I would go Vaughn, too. He was Super Bowl MVP. He's the Broncos' all-time sacks leader, passing Simon Fletcher. He's a Bronco, I think, through and through. And when he does retire, I hope he's going to come back and sign a one-year deal to retire a Bronco. Uh, he would probably get the nod over Champ Bailey.
2: I don't wow. know man. You you could even take it further back if you wanted to. I think part of it too depends on like what era did you come up in? Because there are probably people listening to this podcast that would assert Floyd Little on the Mount Rushmore and for good reason, you know? Like they called him the franchise for a reason when the Broncos were a stumbling bumbling AFL, uh, you know, um nobody for lack of a better term. He was the guy that kept things going and gave the Broncos a spirit of you know authenticity credibility kept it alive and that's why he's in the hall of fame by the way one of the sweetest gifts that has ever been bequeathed to me by the way is from doc bear emmett smith shout out to the doc who uh gave me a football signed zach by floyd little uh while he was still with us so anyway shout out to doc and rip the franchise
1: Doc's a good guy man That's a a very cool memento We got Cody Dub jumping in $2 super thank you so much Cody Great to see you tonight He says Chad champs 99 uh, yard touchdown Versus Brady that's my favorite memory Can't really hate on that too much
2: He didn't score (laughs) Wasn't a touchdown for what it's worth I mean let's But I know what you're saying I don't know if you guys ever saw this But I actually at one point Downloaded this found a way to rip it Off of YouTube Um It was it was someone took the you remember the um, the new Star Wars, the first movie in the Star Wars uh, sequel trilogy called The Force Awakens actually came out in. uh, Oh, no, 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 no. I'm I'm confusing this. All right. I got to go take it back further. Hold on. Bear with me. 2012 Peyton signs. All right. So there was a trailer for The Dark Knight Rises. All right. And so all the voiceover stuff that occurs in that and some of the way that the trailer is staged and stuff like that. Some like film school nerd that's a Bronco fan, when Peyton signed in Denver, he took that trailer, and all the sound and everything and the music and everything stayed the same. The voices and everything stayed the same. It was just input with images of the Broncos, and then at the end, Peyton Manning coming down out of the tunnel. And At the time, the only images we had of Peyton Manning were in a Colts uniform, so albeit he was still in a Colts uniform, but it was so dope, dude. We ran it on the Mile High Facebook page back then, Um, and it did really well. And then it disappeared. I don't know how, if it got taken down and I just wasn't aware of it. I've tried to go back to it and find it, but shout out. If you know what I'm talking about, it was so dope, dude. It would like put the, it would give you the, the, the goosebumps, the hair on the back of your neck would stand up when you saw that back then. And even more so now, because you know what he actually achieved.
1: The champ uh, thing Cody was referencing, the Ben Watson play against Brady? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that, yeah, he came up just short. That's just a great short. play on the ball, but better play by Ben Watson.
2: He could have and should have scored. He just took his foot off the yeah. gas because he thought he was there. He thought he was home free. And Watson, as you said, better play by Watson, arguably. Almost saved the day or could have saved the day for the Patriots back then. But Broncos were not going to be defeated. Unfortunately, the next week they were at home in the AFC title game. But what was unique about that too, Zach, uh, in fact, the reason I even brought up that whole Dark Knight Rises Peyton trailer is that interception of the champ makes in the end zone. He's picking off Tom Brady and then slow motion. It's showing him down the sideline. And of course it cuts away before he gets tackled at the one uh, by Ben Watson, but just gives you the goosebumps, dude, because you're like Peyton Manning teaming up Champ Bailey on the other side. It was so freaking dope. But that game handed Tom Brady and Bill Belichick as a duo anyway. No, it was – yeah, it was Tom, it was Bill Belichick and Tom Brady, their first postseason loss all time, courtesy of your Denver Broncos.
1: I just want to see that video now. It sounds like super <sighs> dope. It was so
2: rad, dude. I'm going to – I'll have to do a search and see if I can find it again. I remember even reaching out to the kid because I think he took it down off of his channel, whoever it was, and I tried emailing him to see – Use uh, the hey, wayback
1: machine. I,
2: I don't have the – login do you have a login to the way back i wish i i wish i could dude
1: i didn't know there's a login now it used to be where you just put a url in and it pulls up like cached versions of web pages
2: i'll see if i can find it i'll see if i can find it and if i do i'll point everyone in the right direction okay because it was so dope dude it was so dope all right uh before we dip on out of here guys we we got a little bit of time but i want to make sure we're not missing any of the uh current events that are happening i thought it was interesting zach Uh, Peyton Manning at the Colorado Sports Hall of Fame uh, gave uh, Phil Milani of the team site a few minutes of his time. And in so doing, of course, hey, Russell Wilson, what are you seeing? How are you feeling about Russ and all this? Uh, I'm going to go ahead and read this quote because I think it's actually an interesting point that Peyton's making here. Uh, Quote, I think Russell, first off, is off to a fast start in talking to him. I do think it's an advantage for Russell to be coming in with a new coaching staff because everybody's learning and Russell is going to know this offense better than anybody. So he's going to be in teaching mode as well. If you're a new player and you're catching up to everybody else and you're in a leadership position, that can be difficult. So I think Russell is at a real advantage where they're learning coach Hackett's offense together, figuring out what works and what doesn't work. And I think he's going to be great, obviously, for our young receivers, like all Broncos fans. I'm excited to see him get to work this fall close quote. But Zach, what I thought was interesting here is, you know, we didn't, we didn't really view that so much, or at least we haven't talked about it as an advantage for Russ coming in as a year one offense. But if you think about it, it's true. If you're supposed to be the leader and you're coming in here and you're having to ask everyone else around you for pointers and stuff, because they know the scheme, it does make it a little bit more difficult to establish that leader posture. Whereas, not anymore. Not in this situation uh, for Russell Wilson.
1: Yeah. a Good point by Peyton, but I saw this uh tidbit of the quote on Twitter of the Broncos put out and what Peyton Manning said are wide receivers. Uh-huh. Eat your heart out, Indy. He's ours. He's not yours anymore. His heart belongs to the Broncos. He's made that clear. He won like a, I think a Webby award for best intern skit on Twitter with the Broncos. He's a Bronco. He bleeds orange and blue and he gives himself away by saying something like that. And I, I, it caught my eye.
2: He's uh, he's like got the memory of an elephant in more ways than one. And one of those ways is maybe not that he harbors a grudge. Put it this way. If you were a, a girl that ever broke up with Peyton Manning, you're never talking like you're basically dead to me. You broke up with me. You're dead to me. The Indianapolis Colts. Broke up with Peyton, and he still goes and does the when he's asked by them to go do the rounds as a Hall of Famer and go preside and do the thing. But as you said, Zach, his heart is clearly in Denver now. He's chosen to raise his family here, keep his home here, and uh, that's nothing but good things for Broncos country.
1: Yeah, they dumped him uh, proverbially. I just butchered that twice, and I butchered butchered. Um, They cut their you know after neck surgery at a career Uh crossroads, and they just dumped him unceremoniously for the young hotshot. So I wouldn't be surprised if he harbored a grudge at all. But, again, he's a Bronco. He he retired, I think, with the Broncos in his heart, not just in his brain.
2: Michael Ronquillo, throwing down again. That's two nights in a row with just some top rope super chat. Thank you, Michael. Thank you, bro. Great show tonight, he says, on the mile-high huddle. Let's ride and go Broncos. Seriously, hats off to you, my dog, on my freshly buzzed. Bald Dome. Love you, big dog. Seriously. And then we got D-Dove throwing down as well, who says, look, what magic being part of ownership, that's fine with me. What would it matter? What matters most is who runs the show. He would not be the majority owner. And then he says here in a very generous super chat, thank you, Dale. Love you, big dog. Wow, made it two days in a row. I know. As someone who knows how busy this man is, he's catching the show at 2 p.m. Basically, it's almost 3 p.m. in Hawaii. So he's got fish to fry. Right. Like he's got things cooking with his business and things going on. So for him to peel off even a a couple of minutes is such a a privilege for us. And then to throw down a super. Thank you, bro. He says, I think I'm going to start Cinco de Mayo early. Great job as always. And I love that Peyton speaks uh, to Broncos as us. I'm with you, Zach. That's so rad.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much, Dale. You know, we, we got a chance to hang out with you in Vegas a little bit and we'll always be, uh, uh, appreciative for what you did for us that night so thank you
2: yes indeed yes indeed and uh, we look forward to seeing you again hopefully in the fall when we do our meet and greets like true meet and greets things got so crazy with the draft and the NFL they're notorious for on national events like that whether it's draft combine they're just late in informing media when you when you apply for credentials they're just late to the game, in in terms of saying, "Yep, approved." So you're like waiting to make all your plans. You don't want to spend the money necessarily for sure unless you know you're got you've got the the ticket to ride, so to speak. So by the time we actually got the for sure that we were in, like Flynn, it was impossible for us to find a place to book for a meet and greet. But we still held one thanks to D Dub, um, who probably at no small expense, Zach had a nice little uh nice little room. Set up right off the casino floor there at the link um, right close to where the draft was. I mean, hop, skip and a jump on the same city block right across the street from where you and I were staying. It was so fun to hang out with them after uh, day two of the draft.
1: It it was amazing. And I'll always be appreciative personally for what you did for us again. So thank you so much, Dale. Hope you're having a great night and uh, always like seeing you around when you can catch the podcast.
2: He's a wise man. I'll tell you that this man knows a thing or two. Um, Dave Bingaman. Been a uh, reader, been a listener of the pod for a long, long time. He's not afraid to reach out if, to me and uh, you know tell me his thoughts on a given issue. Shoot me an email. He's not afraid to also say, if you just see something we've done or something we've written, he doesn't like. And I appreciate that, David. You're a good man. He says, the most important thing was, he said, our receivers, echoing that sentiment. Yeah, the possessive, right? He's still a Bronco.
1: I love that. It's, it's Peyton freaking Manning talking about the Broncos as our. I mean, how could you not love that? It gets the blood pumping for sure.
2: Yeah, guys. Hey, you're here with us. Like the video. It's a small thing you can do. Smash it, as Dale is beseeching you to do. Um, Phil said, I loved seeing Peyton announcing yeah. the scholarship for DT. Yeah, that was cool. Last week, right? That was the news right before the draft. At Georgia Tech, a scholarship um, – What's the word? Endowed by the uh, Payback Foundation, of course, is he and his wife, Ashley Manning. So just, hey, man, keeping DT's legacy alive. He's another guy. When we talk about legends of Mile High, he'll probably end up being a fringe guy when it comes down the road to Hall of Fame. He'll end up in the ring, no doubt. He'll be in the ring of fame. But the Hall of Fame, it's going to take us helping to keep his legacy alive. The Payback Foundation, they did a good job by creating that at uh, Georgia Tech. And uh, we as a collective can help do that as well by continuing to talk about the phenomenal player DT was. It's a shame he came just this close, just this short, I should say, Zach, of 10,000 yards as a Bronco. And then by the time he got spit into the NFL machine uh, at large as a on the wrong side of 30 wide receiver, he wasn't able to actually crack and get over 10,000, which for a lot of guys, like when we talked with Jason Cole, uh, who wrote the book Elway, A Relentless Life, and who is a Hall of Fame voter. Those type of things matter.
1: You know what I loved uh, at the ceremony or um, what, whatever, the gathering for for DT? Emmanuel Sanders showed up, and he had nothing but amazing things to say about Demarius, and it was good to see you know old friends kind of rekindled, at least from Emmanuel's point of view. Uh, long live Demarius Thomas, man. It's a shame that he's gone. It really is.
2: When you think of Demarius Thomas's receiving partner, here's an example. Marvin Harrison... Who are you Eric, thinking of? Virginia. Right. Demarius Thomas. Who are you thinking of? Eric Decker. That's interesting because of course the other option Back would be Decker,
1: baby.
2: Emmanuel Sanders. I don't know. I think I personally do think Decker We're as well, but I think a lot of people, especially because there's so many plays just ingrained in my mind from that 2013 season. I mean, they got to play with Peyton two years together, 13, uh, 12 and 13 did Decker and DT. Um, but were it not for that dat gum turf monster, man, what could have been for Eric Decker in the Mile High City?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think uh, to, to the point you're trying to make, uh, Emmanuel Sanders was way more explosive and a better compliment overall to DT, who's more of a, who was a possession guy. Yeah. But regardless, he played with some damn good receivers uh, opposite him.
2: Yes, indeed. Um, we can't forget about he had DT, uh, Brandon Stokely in 12 as his slot. That morphed into Wes Welker as his slot in 13 and 14. I mean, that Super Bowl 48 was such an embarrassment, but one of the cool, mic'd up moments of that was after the botched snap to open the Super Bowl. And then the Seahawks jump out to an early two score lead. And you can tell the Broncos had just gone into a shell offensively, like they were just kind of shell shocked. And, you know, it's like Mike Tyson everybody's got a plan until they get popped in the mouth. And there's a shot of Wes Welker on the sideline. He's got the whole offense huddled up, and he's just hollering at the top of his lungs trying to get everybody's cojones back. We are the most prolific offense in the history of the NFL. Let's go, which they were, right? And they still are. 606 points. I mean, how many players on that offense scored double-digit touchdowns? Let me count them for you. Demarius Thomas, Eric Decker, Wes Welker, did Wes? Julius Thomas. No Sean Moreno. Now I'm going to have to Google it, Zach, to see if West got double digits. I think he did though.
1: Yeah. Travis clarifying. It was the uh, boys and girls club event uh, for Demarius and uh, Manuel showed up in Patriot. But yeah, I, I love what he said. It just, uh, it, uh, it resonated with me on a, I guess a personal level. So.
2: Yeah. He got to 10, 10 touchdowns. So you had four different, pl- uh, four different receivers, Zach and a running back get to double digit touchdowns in one season. Is it any wonder that Peyton Manning, through 55 tutties that year and the Broncos scored 606 points. I mean, I don't know that it'll ever, it'll probably, especially now that you got 17 frames in the season, it'll probably get beat in, in the not too distant future, but it's not going to be easy.
1: You know, you, you can question whether super teams still exist, but they definitely existed during those Peyton Manningers, man. That was a legitimate juggernaut if there ever was one.
2: Now I'm doubting myself a little bit. No, Sean. Three receiving, 10 rushing. Okay, we're good. Now there's only one more I'm worried about, Zach, Julius Thomas. This is one of his two Pro Bowl years, 13. Yeah, 12 Tuddies All right, undefeated. Jensen, undefeated. It's all good. Yeah. Let not your hearts be troubled. Um, But we're at 50 minutes, guys. It's about time for us to uh, say goodnight. Uh, Phil wants to know who's going to London from MHH. Well, Scott and Zach were talking about making the trip. I can promise you. I'm not I I would <laughs> blow my brains out being in a plane that long. No lie. I probably like jump out one of the windows. I hate being in an airplane. I can stomach it for a reasonable amount of time. That's not a reasonable amount of time for me. Sorry, but who knows? We'll come up with something if they want to go. If the dudes
1: want to go, we're going to get you the MHH uh, cruiser bus like Madden had. So you don't have to fly anymore to these events, Chad, but yeah, you know, I know Scott wants to go cause he's a big soccer fan football fan, excuse me. And he wants to see some England matchups. And I said, you know, I'm, I'm down. I'll, I'll go go uh, check out. I'll go work in London for a couple of days. That'll, no problem on my part.
2: No matter what happens, we know for sure. Keith Cummings of mile high huddle who lives in the UK. Yeah, he'll, be there. he'll be there. I would imagine James Campbell also in the UK will be there. And so many of our great uh, community members across the pond, like JT Marcus Lewis, Hannah, um, Phil, you're not across the pond, though, right? You're, you're in the States. So are you going? You're going to go? You're going to make the trip? That's quite the pilgrimage, I got to tell you. Uh Michaela's saying, uh, rent a plane for all of MHH. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I, I wish we were that uh, high of rollers, but who knows? Maybe be, by the time we get there, we will be. Who knows? You know, let, me go hit, it, let me go hit up Magic for a loan. Go hit up Magic or <laughs> head back to Vegas and, and do your best on the craps table. No, Let's... your thing's blackjack.
1: Yeah, I broke even though. So I'm gonna I'm gonna not push my luck. So I'm I'm I was happy
2: with that. All right, guys. Hey, we gotta dip out for tonight. Zach's gonna do his That's thing fair. and I'm gonna do
1: mine. Thank you so much, guys, for tuning in with us on this beautiful Thursday evening. That will do it for a week of our podcasting. Um, experience. We're back on Sunday night, same time, same place, six o'clock mountain, eight o'clock Eastern until that time. Follow us on Twitter at huddle up pod. You can follow the main account on Twitter for all your Broncos news, analysis, rumors, transactions, and more at mile high huddle. Follow Chad on Twitter at Chad and Jensen. You can follow myself at Kelberman NFL. Follow Scott on Twitter at scout Kennedy. If you guys want some merch like Chad's wearing or anything we have up in the, uh, the booth, on the internet, it's huddlepod.com. Get yourself some merch, get yourself some swag. We definitely appreciate all the patronage there. And Facebook.com slash MyLiveHuddlePod. Like that page, follow that page. Guys, if you haven't, please go to Apple Podcasts and leave your football pre save five-star review for a chance to win some merch each and every month. But if you can't do those things, please do these three things. Subscribe, like, and share. This video and every video you see on the MHS channel, it really helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like you. That's right. We need you. We need you to do
2: that. It's a small thing, but it helps us out in a big, bad way. Um, that just reminded me we didn't do the uh, we didn't announce the winner of the five star review on Apple Podcasts for the month of April, and I have that pulled. It is Ashton Obadiah. So five star review. Given April 8th, 2022. Love the show. And he's throwing down, dude. He says, Really a huge fan of Nick and the ideas he brings. It's funny because I started with Chad and Zach. Then I found Nick and Luke Patterson. And now Nick and Scott, absolute favorite. Great shows, everyone. Let's go, Broncos. So spreading the love around. Make sure you reach out to us. Mile High Huddle at Gmail. We'll uh shoot you a little uh care package as a thank you for throwing down that five-star review on Apple Podcast, my friend. That is again. Ashton Obadiah on uh, Apple, Apple Pots. Shout out to these great supporters tonight on Facebook. Phil McLaughlin, Howie Frickin' Day in the Frickin' House, Lena Carter, GLP, Travis Weber, Andrew Baker, George Fox, Ben Wallman, and then our Super Chat Superstars, D-Dub, Michaela, Casey Nickel throwing down, Sam Bam, Mark from Georgia, The God King, Gary Blah Blah, Cody Dub, and last but never least, Michael Ronquillo. Don't forget tomorrow morning, guys, you got a podcast to enjoy with Thomas Hall, Legends of Mile High, kicks off 7 a.m. Mountain Time, 9 Eastern. Don't miss it.
1: Take care, guys. Have a great, great weekend. And as always, go Broncos.
0: You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.